0: Welcome to the Nurses for Healthy Environments Podcast. My name is Beth Shank, nurse scientist and healthcare sustainability leader in Missoula, Montana. On the podcast, I interview nurses working at the intersection of health and environment. Today I'm speaking with Rachel Kerr, Program Coordinator for the Environmental Health Nursing Fellowship for the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments. She has been coordinating the program and working directly with 15 fellows in the western half of the nation. We learn more in this engaging conversation. I'm delighted to have Rachel Kerr with me today. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Beth. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your nursing background particularly.
1: Um, Well, I'm originally from the Houston area in Texas, um, and I started nursing work as an oncology nurse, um, working at a really large um, academic cancer center in the Houston area um, in stem cell transplant. And um, I did that for about five years, um, and then from there moved to Eugene, Oregon, um, where I took some time away um, when my children were babies um, from nursing, just for about a year and a half, and then um, I started back in, working in oncology on a on a oncology med surg unit there uh, for a year or so, and then I actually switched to infusion therapy but really continue kind of in the oncology vein, um, still took care of many oncology patients giving infusions and antibiotics and chemotherapy. Um, and, uh, around that time I started feeling like I needed a change in my career. Um, and so I was, I then moved to the Twin Cities area, um, in Minnesota with my family and, um, was just, really feeling the need to address more of the upstream issues I was seeing in my, in my work in oncology nursing, like thinking about um, why so many people are dealing with these um, unusual cancers and <clears throat> how this came to be in the first place. Although I had been thinking about this the whole time, it kept kind of brewing in my mind, and um, it just came to a point where I needed to shift Um, out of direct oncology care um, into addressing more of those upstream issues. So I decided to go back to school for my DNP degree at the University of Minnesota. Um, And um, over the course of four years, um, completed my DNP in health innovation and leadership, um, where my mentor and advisor was Teddy Potter. Um, And I was so, so fortunate um, to meet her and be mentored by her. Um, because I began to see that I could do um, environmental advocacy work and really start addressing these upstream issues um, in my nursing career. Um, and now I work for the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments, um, coordinating the National Environmental Health Nurse Fellowship Program, which I'm extremely excited about. It's a dream role for me. Um, and I'm really super happy to um, be here talking to you, Beth, and also be working in the fellowship program.
0: Interesting. So, so just to back up a, a moment, did you have, um, an interest in the, uh, the natural environment, uh, before, and was that linked to your thinking about getting upstream of some of the diseases you were seeing?
1: Um, yes. So, I guess from as long as I can remember, I've been a person who's been um, fascinated by nature and I've always felt really connected in nature and to um, the environment and to the biosphere. Um, I used to go hunting with my dad and spend a lot of time outdoors with him just exploring. And um, I think that's where that that interest began. And so I always kind of had that frame of reference um, when I was... um, well, let me back up just quickly. So, so, so I had this interest around the natural world, but I always had an interest in protecting it as well. Um, so hunting was a, was a difficult endeavor for me. Um, not well suited. And, um, I, 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 I think that followed me for sure, because then when I started um, working as a nurse, um, I was still interested in the outdoors and spending time in the outdoors, but also um, interested in that interaction, you know, and what about people's environment was um, contributing to these devastating cancers we were seeing um, in the, you know, in the Cancer Alley region of the Gulf Coast. So I hope that answered the question.
0: Yeah, thank you. And so then zooming forward to your DNP work, what, what did you focus on in your leadership program?
1: Yeah. So, um, well, I say there were many foci, but for me, um, I always stayed very focused on the area of the health impacts of climate change, um, and addressing them, um, in the nursing realm. So thinking about what does that look like to take action on climate change as a nurse and, um, and how do we do that in practice? And, um, just to be clear, I don't have any magical answers around that. But, of course, now I know of many more things that can be done. Um, and um, I see my nursing role as um, caring for the biosphere and um, caring for the planet as, as a patient, really. So I've expanded from you know looking at um, individuals um, to looking at communities and now looking at the planet as a whole um, as the one,
0: you know, the main one that we're caring for. So. Interesting. And, um, do you think of, of that kind of care, caring for it in terms of nursing process? Do you use some of the, you know, the skills and knowledge in terms of assessment, et cetera, from nursing? Does it translate that directly? would you say?
1: I think it does in some ways, you know, I, I haven't often thought about it, um, in those terms, just um, being at this point in my career, but I can definitely see looking backwards that I do use, you know, assessment, diagnosis, planning, implementation, and evaluation in, in, um, in everything I do. So, so the answer is yes, even though I don't always explicitly, you know, frame it that way.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And um, just to poke a little bit more into uh, what nurses can do or what you looked at in your, your improvement project, what nurses can do about climate change. Was that the thrust or was it about educating nurses about climate and health? So it
1: was actually about, um, it was a leadership activation project for health professionals. So I didn't focus solely on nurses. I, I wanted to open it up to the broader healthcare community. Um, and we focused on leadership activation. So the people who so, so it was a workshop, and the people who attended the workshop um, were already interested in you know climate change and environmental health issues, um, but not really sure how to start taking action. Um, and so the project was about activating them, you know, moving them from that um, passive um phase or passive position into being an active leader in the area so giving them um, tools, resources skills um, to be a leader in the realm of environmental health or taking action on climate change, whichever was their particular interest. Cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah that sounds very productive having just been looking at the chant results, the climate health and nursing tool results from 2019 which we're working on a manuscript now. Um The activation part is a challenge amongst amongst the respondents as well mm-hmm. and they were uh, mostly if not all nurses this first time though we have just now expanded that to for all health professions as well starting in 2020 so I think that's a really uh, key key thing and you know uh, it's interesting to see the um, um what shall I say the enthusiasm perhaps or the urgency that is now apparent in the news and in the activists across the world. And so it'd be interesting to see how much that changes, you know, even in 2020, because um, it seems to be really front and center right now, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, so, so let's talk about the fellowship. This is su- super interesting. I know a little bit about it because I'm involved, but you know a whole lot more about it. So Give the listeners some background as to where, how did it start and what's been going on and, um, a little bit more about your role and, and a little bit more about the fellows that you know about. So
1: the fellowship started, um, I actually wasn't working with Annie when the fellowship started, um, but I came on board slightly later. Um, but my understanding is the fellowship started as an, as a, as a project to really, um, connect nurses with the communities that are facing environmental health challenges. Um, and also to kind of build up a network of nurses nationwide who are um, equipped to address environmental health issues at the community level. So um, that was the impetus for for this uh, this um, ambitious undertaking that we're on right now.
0: And, and how is it set up? How does How is this managed across the country?
1: Yes. So um, we're divided by the EPA regions. Um, Just geographically, we're not really doing any work with the EPA specifically. but um, So we have three fellows in each EPA region. And there's also an expert environmental health health nurse mentor in each EPA region um, that walks with the fellows along their fellowship journey and helps to guide them. Um, and shape their work as well. Um, and we have um, two program coordinators, staff members. Um, and so that's the, That's kind of the, the logistical structure. And then um, in terms of the activities um, and the work we're doing, um, the structure is that Each fellow has a project, so they are um, partnering with a community-based organization um, in their area, and they do a little needs assessment and figure out what is the environmental health need in in this community, Um, and then in partnership with a community-based organization, um, they work to find a um, project, an intervention, nursing intervention, if you will, um, that they can work on um and we our hope is that that is community community driven um in <clears throat> our plan is that that is community driven so um we want to make sure that the communities are informing those solutions and and that it's not the nurse going in saying hey i have all the answers and i'm going to solve your problems um but rather that it's a partnership um and that the solutions are evolving from the community base so um There's the project, and then we also have monthly webinars um, on a variety of environmental health topics, Um, and we've had a variety of speakers from um, leaders in environmental justice organizations, Um, we've had leaders in academia, various nurse experts on various topics, um, all kinds of different speakers speaking on those webinars, and then we also have time for interaction and discussion among the fellows on the webinars. So that's kind of a community building piece as well. And um, then we have um, two in-person meetings where we um, come together and we, we have workshops and discussions and community building activities. Um, and we also do a little, we call it a talks tour of the area where we're we're physically in for that meeting. And so the first meeting was in Philadelphia and we did a toxics tour um, of the Chester area in Philadelphia. And our next meeting is gonna be in Houston um, where I'm from and we're gonna do a tox tour of the ship channel area and the area of the chemical plants around there. So i um, looking forward to that. Um, yeah, so that's the overall structure of the program. Um, oh, I forgot one really important piece. Our fellows are actually also um, hosting, each fellow will host three educational sessions um, and deliver content about their work in the fellowship and about environmental health um, to fellow health professionals. So one of the goals of this program is to really um, expand this movement towards addressing environmental health among health professionals
0: um, as well. So, So that's
1: more about the structure of the program.
0: Fabulous. It sounds just really rich and um, interesting. And I'm sure that many of the fellows are learning uh, uh, in a completely different way. It's not, it's not book learning. This is experiential learning. and, And they probably have to, you know, go out and meet people and talk with them and, and help both themselves understand what can nurses contribute and help community members understand, oh, I see nurses aren't only in the hospital. Nurses are quite knowledgeable about systems and community health and um, the physiology as well. Can you tell us anything about any of the projects?
1: Yeah, I can. Um, We have so many exciting things going on that it's it's hard for me to keep track. Um, But some things that come to mind, um, we have a fellow in California um, in the area where the campfire occurred
0: mm-hmm.
1: um last year and since then there have been of course more devastating fires um this past fire season. So so I shouldn't say last year, I should say 2018 because we're in 2020 now. <laughs> 2019 is no longer this year. Um, and um she is working in partnership with the communities that were affected by the campfire um, to develop support um, and materials to help them address their, their ongoing, um, health issues related to that fire. And the, the devastation in that community is really staggering. Um, I, you know, and I haven't even been there, but just hearing from her, um, and realizing the scale of the devastation is, is pretty shocking. Um, and also encouraging, um, to hear about her work and how she's, um, working towards empowering the community to have access to more solutions and to more support. Um, so that's, that's exciting. Um, that's one of the projects going on. And we also have a fellow in the Seattle area who has a really strong interest around labor issues. So she's actually working with um, a steelworkers union Um, that represents people working at a local oil refinery. And her interest is around um, building in more protections for these workers, um, especially in the face of some refinery explosions and accidents that they've had. So my my understanding, and I hope I don't misrepresent her work, but my understanding is that she's um, working towards advocacy for better better protections for these workers in the workplace, which will in turn help to protect the community, you know, preventing those accidents and those releases of um, toxic chemicals and the explosions um, will also protect the community uh, from those exposures as well. So that's another really exciting project um, that's happening. Um, We also have a fellow in Nebraska um, who's doing really impressive work around um, lead in her community. So she's in a community where um, lead is a major public health issue um, and exposure to lead in homes. And um, I believe she's, she's um, helping to develop a toolkit um, that um, health organizations and health providers can use um, to address lead poisoning in children. So that's another really exciting project um, that's happening. And I don't know how many you want me to talk about. Because um, I have 15 fellows, <laughs> right? You have half the country I want to talk about every single one. But it's, it's just so exciting to see mm-hmm. what's happening here. And, and to take the larger view, you know, as a program coordinator, I get kind of bogged down in, in all the day to day details and keeping this whole thing moving forward. But when I can step back and see um, just the collective impact of all this work, it's so exciting, um,
0: so encouraging, and
1: um, really makes it all worthwhile. So,
0: Yeah, it's pretty impressive to think of f- 30 projects, you know, right. Being, right. being completed yeah. and hopefully being shared. Um, do you have a sense of, of how this might be shared outside of the, that group? Yeah, well, we have all kinds of ideas um, and
1: work around communicating um, the projects and the impact of the fellowship. Um, so we we hope and we also ask that the fellows, um, you know, establish relationships with their local media. Um, we've developed some draft press releases and 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 we support them um, when they want to reach out to local media, and we've asked them to do that, um, and we will continue to ask them to do that. Um, we're hoping to reach out to um, state nursing organizations with uh, the fellows' projects. So so for each fellow um, that completes a project, we hope that they will contact their state nurses' organization and we'll develop tools for them to do that, like a template. Um, <clears throat> and then for the Houston meeting, we're going to reach out to local nursing organizations as well as schools of nursing. Um, to tell them about what we're doing and then invite them in um, to a poster presentation session. So our fellows are going to be developing posters about their fellowship work. And um, we want to invite the, you know, the broader healthcare community in the Houston area to one of the um, poster sessions so they can see what's going on and so we can share this work and this impact um, more broadly. And I hope I'm not missing anything about about the ways we're hoping to communicate. I mean, hopefully this podcast can be shared uh, (laughs) and people listen to it and hear more about the fellowship through that. And I will say that we had so many applicants. Um, I think we had over 130 applicants and we're only able to accept 30 fellows for this program. So there is so much interest um, in environmental health among nurses. And I feel like, as you mentioned, that that's kind of a movement and that it's really growing. And, and our hope is that this fellowship is also a catalyst in that movement um, and really helps to increase that um, that interest and that um, action even further <laughs> do you have a
0: sense of whether or not uh, will you'll be able to repeat it
1: we don't know um, that's that's still in the works and mm-hmm. I really really hope so because wow we have we have big dreams and a big vision um, for where we can take this um, and you know, even if the next cohort, uh, even if we were to do something exactly like we did this time, which it's not going to be exactly the same, we've been informed by, by our mistakes and by our successes. But even if we did the same thing over again, just thinking about the impact of 30 more communities, mm-hmm. you know, having a nurse there addressing or working in partnership with an organization to address the environmental health issue that community is facing. Um, thinking about the impact of that is, is huge. So, um, so yeah, it's really exciting. And I really, really hope we get to do it again. Um, but ultimately, I'm not sure. So,
0: right. Yeah, it's really great. It's, it's exciting to um, hear about it, as you say, um, not just in pieces, but for the whole and appreciate all the work that's going on simultaneously across the country. It's pretty awesome. hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Uh, feel free to say anything else about the fellowship, but I'm gonna I'm just gonna move on to a couple more questions, if that's all right. Okay. Um, you have worked on climate change in your in your doctoral work, and you have uh, your work now working through the eyes of these fellows with all sorts of different issues and uh, projects and problems. What would you say your biggest concern or concerns are right now about environmental environment and health, and that? could be physiologic or socio-political or financial or anything.
1: So so my biggest concern um, around environmental health, well, you know, in a practical sense it's it's climate change. I feel like that is the biggest issue we're facing, but I feel like even if we tackle climate change, like say we stop all of our carbon emissions today, you know, and become a zero carbon economy tomorrow, um, we're still going to face this issue of um of other environmental health issues popping up, you know, like our our plastic overconsumption and and waste and um, other types of emissions and particulate pollution. And so um, I think what we really have to address at a core level is our relationship with the natural world. I think that's where the breakdown has happened. Um, And so in that sense, I think it's a spiritual problem um, of us forgetting who we are as creatures on this planet. Um, and forgetting that we have to stay in touch with that, and we have to stay in touch with the fact that that <laughs> we have to play by the rules um, that govern living creatures on this planet, and we can't um, we can't expect unlimited growth, and we can't continue to live in this um, mindset of unlimited growth. But we have to we have to live with the sense that we're on a finite planet, um, and we have to care for it as our home. So it's it's that relationship that has to be repaired um, yes.
0: That's, that's really, really interesting and wise. And I have a question for you. How do you think, what are what are some of the factors that got us here in your, from your point of view?
1: Yeah, I would say unfettered capitalism and, and I would say the conditions, um, that enable, you know, the 120 richest people on earth to live with more money than half of the global population of human beings. Um, not, you know, I don't, I don't think any one person is to blame, but it's, it's the conditions that made that possible for us to live with that kind of inequality. Um,
0: and yeah. Do you have ideas for, because I, am very intrigued with this, our relationship with nature. I, I live in Montana. I have a wilderness literally four miles from my door. And um, I, I would not thrive, I don't feel if I didn't have access to vast spaces and all of our mega, mega fauna and, you know, intact forests, etc. And yet I realized that many, many people live in urban areas and don't have that sense. Um, and and we need them to live in urban areas. We we can't be all spread out, you know, in terms of our our sustainability problems. Mm-hmm. But do you have ideas about how to help people reconnect and reappreciate that relationship with the natural world or the planet? Hmm. Well,
1: I can say I can speak to what I do myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also feel like I have to have um, that connection, um, like you do, but I don't live in a place where I have it readily available to me. So there is a small patch of forest, um, maybe a mile from my house, two miles. And so I head over there, um, often, you know, multiple times a week to, to seek refuge and to, um, reconnect for myself. But I, I know not everyone has access to that. Um, and I think there's a, there's a, there's incredible minute worlds at our fingertips. I think we forget about what's there just in the soil, you know, just, just outside our back doors, um, in the soil. And there's a, like a micro world, you know, if we can get a not even a microscope but a magnifying glass and actually look at a leaf, um, with wonder and appreciation, um, At the incredible miracle that is this life, um, and these, uh, you know, photosynthesis and uh, what are they, chromoplasts? I can't even remember the the names of the parts of the cells. But like to really appreciate what's here and what's right in front of us. Um, So in that sense, I think mindfulness is a really useful practice um, for being present with with what is you know, and reconnecting with what is, and, and maybe it's not even nature for some people, you know, maybe it's their, maybe it's their family, maybe it's their loved ones, mm-hmm. um, which of course are part of nature. I mean, we can, we can never divorce ourselves from nature because we are nature, right. Mm-hmm. But getting in touch with the ways in which we are nature um, and what that means, I think is really important too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That was, that was interesting and helpful. Um, so along these lines, knowing that you've been interested in this for a while what helps you stay motivated when when days get long or times get tough or or we feel like we're backsliding in terms of our carbon raining in our carbon what helps you stay motivated
1: Mm -hmm. i think it's it's taking a long view number one um seeing that there are going to be setbacks you know there are going to be um, difficult administrations, there are going to be periods of years where where it looks like things are just struggling. But also knowing that things are not represented, um, I don't want to say fairly in the media, but things are not represented accurately. You know, like there's a disproportionate focus on the negative. And so we don't, knowing that we don't hear about all those successes um, and really looking for them. So the fellowship program, I'm really lucky to work in this because it gives me a view of of the successes every day. Um, yeah, but but keeping that in mind that, that we're more likely to see the failures if we turn on the news, um, and finding ways to look for the successes and look for the victories because because there is a shift, you know, and we are shifting and and we are addressing these issues. Um, are we going to address them in time? I don't know the answer to that, but that helps me stay motivated. And the other thing that helps me stay motivated is, you know, one of the reasons I'm doing this work in the first place and it's my children, um, um, you know, looking in their eyes and, and knowing that they're going to live with this future that we are building right now and that we've built in the past 50 years. Um, and since the industrial revolution and, And knowing that I'm doing my part um, to address the challenges we're facing um, and and always feeling motivated to do more and more and more because of them, because I want them to have um, a stable, healthy, abundant future on this planet. Um, They motivate me.
0: That's great. That's that's a great, great motivation, isn't it? Because you're with them Mm -hmm. all the all the day and you love them more than anything. Mm -hmm.
1: Um.
0: So now back to kind of where we started, just for a moment, and you've already addressed this, but it's about nursing and um, this direction that you've been talking about from from motivation, concerns about environment, the natural fit of of nurses to be doing this work, as you've seen in the fellowship. So this may seem like an obvious question, I guess, after all that. But w- if you were to explain to someone why caring about the environment and working on environmental health is a nursing issue. What would you say?
1: Well, I would say um, that we as nurses know that the environment contributes so much um, of people's health and contributes so much towards their health conditions. So we can't treat human beings in isolation of the, of the environment that they live in, that it's part of them. Um, And so in that sense, Nurses just have to be concerned about it. Um, you know, if someone comes in uh, to the ER with malnutrition, I mean, we know that they must be fed, right? And and that if they go home to, to their original conditions that contributed to their malnourishment, um, that we haven't done them a service. And so... In the same sense, we know like if air pollution is contributing to asthma um, and and people go back to that, you know, that setting or maybe it's not even air pollution, maybe it's mold in their home and they go back into that setting with mold in their home. um, Ultimately, we we're not addressing the core issue. And so, yes, as nurses, we know that we can't treat human beings in isolation from their environment.
0: Yes, well said. Um, Is there anything that you'd like to say to nurses who want to get more involved, whether it's in Annie or in uh, school, as you did, or um, community work?
1: Yeah, I would say um, the hardest thing is to take that first step, you know, whatever it is, to reach out to community-based organization that you want to connect with or to go to the first meeting um, or to introduce yourself to uh, a particular community member um, who has influence and who you need to connect with. So, um, do whatever you have to do to get over that first hump, but know that it's going to get easier after that. Um, and so don't let it be a barrier and, and please, please, please get involved and reach out to Annie. Um, if there is another, uh, iteration of the fellowship, please apply for it. And <laughs> uh, we want to know you all and we want to hear from you all, um, and connect with you all. And I would also say to, you know, join the Annie listserv, um, and to join uh, whichever Annie committee is of interest to you um, from the Annie website. that's a great way to plug in and get connected with other nurses who are doing this work because you are not alone. There are so many of us. um, And I had no idea until I connected with Annie, how many nurses are working on environmental health issues. So it's really inspiring and encouraging um, to see that and also be part of it.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. Um, so Rachel I've I've taken enough of your time today but and and I just want to express my appreciation for your leadership on the fellowship it's I agree with you it's a just a, a phenomenal opportunity for individual nurses and it's a wonderful opportunity for Annie to have these connections to these 30 bright committed nurses who are making a difference in their communities and so thank you for your work and leadership on that and I'm excited to learn more about it as time goes on. Yeah. Thank
1: you so much, Beth. this has been great to talk about it and thanks for the opportunity to, to share more
0: about um, my nursing work and about the fellowship. You bet. And is there anything else you'd like to add that we didn't get a chance to talk about?
1: Are you interested in sharing any of your uh, perspective as a mentor?
0: Um, I guess I could. Let's see. Um, well, I've, it, it has also been really interesting to me. So I'm involved with Region 8 um, fellows and we have one from South Dakota, one from Montana, and one from Colorado. So it is my neck of the woods, my area of the nation, and I'm, I'm interested in, uh, in what they are finding and I'm a, at least a little bit knowledgeable uh, with the, some of the environmental concerns. And I have been really struck by each of in each case their determination to continue to find a fit because in small communities particularly, uh, and two of them live in fairly small communities, and one lives in a large city. In the small communities particularly, um, there are fewer community organizations. There's less breadth of what they're doing, and you know I I think at least in one case there's less uh, recognition that the environmental work that's going on also has health impacts. So that, that alone is just a great step forward. If these nurses can help the general public, including these community-based organizations to understand that, because that, you know, that's why we're in this. We're concerned about the health impacts. And we know that, as you've said, some of these upstream environmental factors really make a difference. And if we can help uh, prevent some of that harm, we actually save lives. And so I think that, um, has been really interesting to watch, even though it's challenging and and it has been challenging, but I'm, I'm excited, as you say, to, to be able to see, you know, when these projects are finished, see them kind of all in a row and, and look at the breadth and the depth. And I think it's just a fabulous opportunity. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for your time today. And, um, and we look forward to hearing more about the fellowships, and and perhaps if uh, we'll have a chance to revisit that.
1: Yes, thank you so much, Val. Great talking with you today.
0: You too. Thanks a lot. Rachel Kerr for joining me today. It was great to learn more about Annie's Environmental Health Nursing Fellowship and fun to explore Rachel's thinking, motivation, and perspective on environment and health. Thank you again to Rachel and thank you all for listening today. This and other episodes of the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast can be found at envirn.org and please leave a review for us wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you next time.